Villains Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And this week on the podcast, uh, it's uh, audience choice time. Uh, our patrons have voted and they have voted overwhelmingly uh, for Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby. Uh, <laughs> Do you like this movie, Craig? It's, uh, the old, it's the first thing I want to ask you right out of the gate before we even dive in. Do I like this movie? Okay, so um, if you had asked me last week, the answer would have been no. Yes, um, okay. I remember when this movie came out, and uh, I was working at a video store at the time, so like, of course I was going to like watch it. And it was so dumb, right? <laughs> it, was, it was just dumb with no other sort of redeeming qualities and then i rewatched it for this and i was like oh this is will ferrell and uh and uh oh uh uh i want to say <laughs> philip seymour hoffman that's not right oh my god uh, <laughs> john c Riley. Yeah. you see why i got confused mm. um uh <laughs> just having fun you know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, honestly, was, like growing up, I, I love this movie. Yeah, and I was just like, but but what struck me was just like I was genuinely smiling for the first like thirty minutes of this movie, just being like, this is so silly. <laughs> and I think my tastes has have sort of changed uh, in light of recent events as to like what I want from a comedy. Does that make sense? Oh, I had a big conversation about this the other day about how <laughs> my my appetite for what I find funny has been lowered so much because I just want these pure joy moments. Like I just want these yes. nothing comedies. I want I I will laugh at a fart joke right now. Like I just need release. So I like this was like a great movie to watch for me. It, yeah, it was. Like I was I was kind of uh not dr- uh, dreading is the wrong word, but I was like, this is going to be work to watch this. You know what I mean? Mm. And then I think I enjoyed this more than uh, a lot of movies that we've done for the podcast over the last little bit. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is fun. This oh, it is, is fun. It's just them stupid. screaming the whole movie. <laughs> They're just screaming. Okay. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm a fan of, Craig. I'm yeah. a big fan of the yeah. scream comedy. I love it. I'm down. <laughs> No, obviously not every joke has aged amazingly, nor probably was it great at the time even. Probably not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there are definitely some some jokes that really hit for me in this movie. Uh, yeah. So if you guys haven't seen this movie, essentially the plot is uh, the main character, our hero, uh, Will Ferrell, uh, Ricky Bobby. He is uh, abandoned as a child, okay? He's... He's addicted to speed as his father was. He was delivered in a high-speed car. He gets the opportunity to drive for uh, NASCAR. He tears it up, and then shit goes south because he has too big of an ego. French guy shows up, as is uh, American tradition. We need a foreign enemy. It is essential to the plot line. <laughs> okay, this Jean man Gerard. be foreign, and we, we make fun of French people. Essential, essential. Um... And uh, he shows up, takes over, breaks his arm, uh, and his wife leaves him. He spins out and then somehow gets it back together through a uh, montage of a cougar in a car. And he makes it back. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much. And he wins that. Well, actually, I, I guess he doesn't win at the end, does he? No, he does not. Uh, his, fr- his, his best friend wins. Yeah, John C. Riley. 
uh, which is kind of nice. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. It that that pretty much sums it up, and then it's just ridiculousness all the way through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're like that, plot line sounds stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole thing's absolutely absurd. Um, well, and and I think uh, the, it's it's a legitimate criticism of what I would call the later generation Will Ferrell movies, which I think this is almost the beginning of. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's in there. Um, which is that a lot of the the plot is just um, set up for long, insane kind of set piece sketches, like like him running around the uh, <laughs> running around the, the 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 racetrack in his underwear, screaming that he's on fire. You know, like that that goes on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to dive in, Craig, who are the villains to you in this movie? Or I, I, I say villains because I believe there's two. Yeah. Do you think there's a villain? Villains? What are we talking about? So here? I think the movie, the movie obviously sets up uh, Jean Girard as the villain, um, as the person that Ricky Bobby is trying to overcome. But I think they also kind of frame uh, the team owner. Uh, I think uh, Larry Dennett Jr. I think is his character's name. Yes. Uh, for kind of like trying to sabotage Ricky Bobby in this. Is that who you had as the villain? Absolutely, of course. Okay. Um and I think both easily defendable characters. Yes. <laughs> now, of course they're defendable because this is a comedy and in this comedy the main characters are supposed to be idiots and bad people and all this sort of thing, but they are so also supposed to have a redeemable arc, right? And yeah. the the villains are supposed to be wrong in a sense, but in in no case do I find I'm like uh, some of it I'm like oh that's a little aggressive I suppose, <laughs> but who doesn't fucking love crepes? What's the matter with you? Just say you love crepes. <laughs> who doesn't love crepes? They're delicious. <laughs> They're absolutely delicious. They're that's great. That. They're great. Uh, They're great. Well, that's you can the- make salty ones, sweet ones. Craig, come on. <laughs> I mean, come you on. don't have to convince me that crepes are good. <laughs> Would I ever make them at home? No, that seems like that's really hard. Uh, but in a restaurant, a little banana, a little Nutella, something like that, yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, so I think that that was one scene I, I, I really love. So he shows, so Jean Girard shows up, uh, played by Sasha Barrett Cohen, and like just this, the, the their first confrontation, as you said, it's just he's got him by the arm and he's like, I won't break your arm, just say you love crepes. And there's this whole thing where they just discuss that crepes are basically like really thin pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Jean is like compromising with him. He's like, yeah, just say you love thin pancakes. I feel like that's a, a fair compromise. Just say it. And he chooses to have his arm broken rather than say he likes thin pancakes. Like, come on. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in, in tune with the whole movie, for yeah, sure. <laughs> this was honestly growing up like one of my most... This and Anchorman were two of my most quoted movies. Like, I would scream, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. I've, I've said that a thousand times in my life. I've said it a thousand times for sure. <laughs> the Yeah, that's another thing I did find really charming this walkthrough. Was like, whereas I think the first time I just thought the kids were annoying, I think I kind of got it now where I was just yeah. like, oh, they're real pieces of shit yeah. on purpose and... Uh, yeah, some of the things that they scream are so funny. <laughs> You're going to break us like wild horses, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so going back to uh, Jean, I think it's like, 
his it, it's sort of revealed over the course of the movie that well first of all he is hired to be on the same team as ricky bobby okay so he's coming from formula one he's gonna race nascar and what he really wants is just to be beaten by the best right which is a pure at like that's just such a pure motivation. Yeah. Just like you are the best and I don't want to retire until I'm beaten by the best. Yeah. I never want this. I never want this question in my head of, of who is the greatest, right? Like I want to go up against the greatest so that when I retire, I know that I'm either number one, I'm on top or no, he was better than me. It, you're right. It, 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 you're, it's such a pure motivation. It's so nice. And at no point, like other than, like he does break his arm. <laughs> saying he doesn't love grapes. But at the same time, this, oh, first of all, um, Ricky Bobby hit him first. Okay. I want this it, is, yes. This, this is, is the hill important. I die on. <laughs> okay. He hit him first with when they were just talking. Okay. Sure, it wasn't a nice conversation. But he was the one that initiated violence. Okay. And then fucking owns Ricky Bobby. Like, yes. like not even a, it's not even a contest, really. Absolutely. So, so yeah, he gets hit first. He then retaliates. Okay. All he wants is some, because like also like Ricky Bobby is, is, uh, you know, some sort of stereotypical ignorant, uh, ignorant like a nascar per you know what i mean like this this embodiment of what some people think these people are i know certainly not all of them are like that that's insane but like this like the worst of the worst kind of mentality so then you've got this guy he's a a stereotype kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you've got this guy that's you know uh super offensive he's homophobic like super homophobic he's uh he he's against the french right off the top yeah of course you would want to be like hey say you love crepes Say you love crepes, okay? <laughs> I get it, okay? I'm on board for that. I understand these motivations, okay? Yeah. You can't have that guy disrespect you in front of all the other drivers, okay? Disrespect you, your country, your character, who you are, okay? You gotta, ha- you gotta, you gotta come at him like a spider monkey. How you, how you not gonna do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, I think it's worth pointing out that like when he shows up at the bar, what he is bringing to the table, he's like, yes, he's kind of being confrontational, but that, that to me is good sportsman, like uh, competitiveness is what he's bringing. He's like, Hey, Ricky Bobby, I've been hired for the team because I moved here from F1. I'm going to give you a run for the money. Watch out. It's like, that's what we want from our athletes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You want that Michael, Jordan spark. Okay. You want somebody (laughs) pushing the rest of these guys. We're here to be great. And they kind of frame it like the owners an asshole for bringing in the best. It's like, um, I'm pretty sure that's just his job. Okay. Hiring the best drivers is literally his job. Okay. And if he thinks somebody's better than you, then yeah, get to step in. Okay. This is what we do. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, yeah, so let's, I mean, let's talk about the owner for a bit because, like, it's sort of set up that first of all, the team sucks before Ricky Bobby gets there. Like, the driver just leaves the car and goes get and gets uh, like fried chicken, right? Like he's yes. sitting at a. It's like he doesn't care at all. So, like, Ricky Bobby is the person who kind of brings this team 
uh, up from nothing. But they they very clearly say that like it's uh, he Ricky Bobby is flipping off other drivers right as he passes them. He's they say he's wrecking cars like either he's crashing the car and coming last or he's getting first. Like it's it's all or nothing for them. But the point is, is that he's costing the team money. So even though he's winning, he's a huge liability. Yes, and he's costing them points, which is the most important part. They're trying to win and gain sponsorship. They're try- That's where they get most of their money from. This guy is a businessman. There's another thing that I hate uh, about this uh, villain story is that there's this trope of like, okay, if his wife yeah. is like I, this this idea that like his wife is verbally abusive and kind of tells him he's not a man and like i i can't remember what my initial feeling on that was i don't think i really noted anything from it but upon this watch like a critical watch you know what i mean where we just ruin all of my favorite movies <laughs> a cr- upon critical watch i uh it's like I, I'm watching it at like this poor man. Oh my yes. god! This guy gets gets it at work, okay? Because everybody disrespects him. Ricky Bobby disrespects him. His wife disrespects him, which is so weird. Um, everybody trashes this man. He, he and he comes home to this woman who is very clearly an alcoholic. Hits on other people in front of him. He ruins tries, business. His deals. Yeah, ruins like, business deals, tries to, like, reel this woman in. I'm just watching that, like, oh, my God, this poor man. But I think you're, I think the idea is, is you're supposed to watch it and be like, oh, look how this guy isn't a man. And it's like, yes. that's not, that shouldn't be the takeaway from this. That's insane. <laughs> no, if anything, uh, that makes him, I mean, you know, it's it, let's, I won't say that. I was going to say it makes him more of a man. Um, ah, no, for, I see. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's it's not that's not the right thought. What no. I'm trying to say is like, <laughs> is stay with your abusers, everyone. <laughs> stay because they need you. <laughs> is I think that he is being incredibly tolerant of mm, yes. insane behavior. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I I wholeheartedly agree that this movie takes the position of look at what a wiener he is. His wife can't stand him because he's such a wiener. Therefore, she has to drink. And, yes, and, and it's hit like, on no. other men because it's like no, <laughs> no, you're a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, there's also you're- another scene um, where I think like he's supposed to be, I guess, like this really shitty man. But all I see is a man that has been has been repeatedly dumped on again and again and again. And finally, he's starting to get his way, and he's like, okay, here's a bit for you now. Like when his wife is talking to, or when Ricky Bobby's wife is talking uh, to the owner, she's like, he asks her, he's like, do you know who's going to win this week? And she's like, well, not Ricky Bobby. And then he kind of goes on this. Yeah, of course not Ricky Bobby. My guy's going to win. And I think you're supposed to see that and be like, yeah, look how mean he's being. I'm like, no, no, no. This guy's been spit on. He's been spat in the face again and again and again. And this woman is Horrible. Okay, she's a horrible, horrible witch. Ricky woman. Bobby's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Bobby's wife is a terrible person, terrible character, and uh, deserves to get dumped on like that. I'm like, yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, get some, get yeah. some, baby. So, so, are you talking about the point where he kind of it's framed in such a way that the team owner basically is seen as setting up Ricky Bobby's wife to go hook up with John C. Riley? 
Is that what you mean? Is that I don't the scene think that's his, I don't think that's necessarily the intent of the scene. I think the intent of the scene is just like, look at this guy be mean. Look at this guy be unnecessarily mean to this person that's injured. And it's right. like, no, he's deserved everything that's happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can't drive anymore. Yeah. The 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 uh the the implication of the team owner saying uh Ricky Bobby's not gonna be able to drive anymore. Our number two guy is now our number one guy. Oh, is yeah. is so such an obvious unmalicious thing. The guy's insane. He's he's insane. He's, he takes he, every time he tries to do his job, he takes all of his clothes off. Okay. Yeah. Now granted, he was if going I did that, I would probably make more money. But still, okay, it's <laughs> wrong. Okay. It's not helpful to the costs. No. So to say that um to say that John C. Riley's character is going to be their best driver from here on out is just a completely accurate read of the situation. Yes. And I, I do think that the movie was setting it up that he was trying to get Ricky Bobby's wife to leave him and go with John C. Riley's because he knew that she was that kind of person. Mm. But I don't think you can I don't think you can even put that on him. Even if he knew that that's uh, that that's the kind of person she is, that she only is with you as long as you're number one. Yeah. Um, not a gold digger, but like a success digger. Right. Like, uh like you're only with the person for their status, I guess. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Although I will say this, okay, to defend this woman's actions, okay. If you start a relationship with somebody by saying, please be 18, don't be surprised if that woman leaves you at the drop of a hat. Don't be surprised. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh yeah. There's nothing healthy about that relationship that they actually had. Uh, oh, yeah. Is she 18? Yeah, okay. Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> As Ricky Bobby says to her dad, it's like, shut up, old man. The only thing you've ever accomplished is making a smoking hot wife or something like that. <laughs> a smoking hot daughter. <laughs> I was just like, oh. The the disrespect they give that poor uh, grandpa oh, had, yeah. me, had me rolling. Chip? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ball hopped up on Mountain just- Dew, Chip. <laughs> come at you like a spider monkey i just wrote a couple of them down just to prove that like uh, first of all ricky bobby is not a good parent not a good person uh his wife is not a good person not a good parent and they have created very shitty kids and fuck the lines i wrote down was um uh uh chip i'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey yeah uh I'm all have to. Oh, I wrote down the same ones you did. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, it's that the kids threw. It's like, what did you do at school today? These are the ones that I was talking about. It's like I threw Grandpa's war medals off of a bridge, <laughs> and then the other kid is like, I told my teacher she has a lumpy ass, and then pissed myself. <laughs> she go, started yelling at me. <laughs> and you go, what? monsters oh yeah you know what i love about this movie is that um is that the the children's character are like this like them getting better is supposed to be a sign of like look how everyone's grown but at the same time ricky bobby just dumps them on his mother and does nothing to parent okay aside from saying like once like hey don't do that and it's like wow look at the growth this man has and all he did was dump them on his mother and was like 
fix this filth. Okay. <laughs> I have created this mess. Clean it up, mommy, please. <laughs> it's I also 100% love what's happening. How Jane Lynch is playing Will Ferrell's mother and she's nine years older than him. Oh, yeah. So fucking funny. Oh, so yeah. his dad, too, is ridiculous. <laughs> like, they look. All the characters look so close in age to me that I just like, I love it so much. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I could do that all day long. I want to see characters that are all the same age playing all different ages all the time. (laughs) That's my favorite. I think there should be no child actors, only actors playing children. (laughs) Have you seen pen 15? No, I haven't yet. I've been saving it. Oh, it's, it's that. And, uh, well, actually it's not because there are child actors in it. It's just the main characters are like 30 year old women playing their 13 year old selves. Oh, I love that so much. And it is so good. Like, like the way that they act it, you're just like, you forget that you're watching a 30 year old woman after a while. You're like, no, you're a, you're a 13 year old girl. The way you hold yourself, the way you speak, the way you react to things. It's done. It's done very, very well. Uh, so check it out. If anyone. Yeah. Doesn't, no. Anyway, to get back to, I, I, these are a good pair. I don't think, I also believe that, and this is maybe going to be, maybe people are going to disagree with me on this. I don't think you should be able to name your children, whatever you want. <laughs> I think there has to be limits. I don't think you should be able to name your children Walker, Texas Ranger. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think somebody at some government office should say, you know what, let's just take a second glance at this. (laughs) Texas Ranger, obviously the most uh, egregious. Yeah, egregious (laughs) of those. Uh, Yeah. Oof. I don't know what I feel about that. I feel like there's a certain... I think there's a certain cruelty to give a kid a weird name uh because then they're explaining it their entire life yeah like what the fuck is elon musk kid gonna say oh uh, yeah i don't know was, fuck, i don't mate. even oh, well someone someone tweeted out the great point where it's like the uh it's gonna be the equivalent of my parents were hippies like mm. <laughs> my parents just thought they were weird um you know because you got kids who were like were the flower children or whatever who have like uh you know i don't know named after flowers and like you know peace loving persephone or something like that yeah oh no i grew up in a small town it was like if you had two last names you were like ooh, okay okay (laughs) (laughs) all right somebody has equality in their house (laughs) (laughs) we don't stand for two last names but three (laughs) middle names that's where it's at Billy Joe Bob Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But, yeah, uh, I don't blame the team owner at all because Ricky Bobby's a fucking nightmare. No, because even at the end. So when we get to the end of the movie where Ricky Bobby has made his big comeback, okay, he's he's come to drive. He drives for himself. (laughs) <laughs> which just on yeah. the part says me it's very funny it actually i didn't laugh at that until he got out of the car and his jumpsuit said me on it and i just lost <laughs> i was like there it is <laughs> there's the one uh but yeah so he makes this big comeback and um at one point he starts getting the owner starts getting stressed out because ricky bobby is obviously doing very well and he goes you got to take you got to take this you got to take him out which is supposed to be, I think, like this big, like, oh my God, look at him sabotaging. And I'm like, you mean he's asking 
him to do what they've been doing the whole movie? Because that's all he's asking them to do. They've been sabotaging people the whole movie through. You just don't care because you don't see any of these characters' faces. Okay, but Ricky Bobby's been causing car crashes all over the map. Okay, he's been a a, a huge wreckage. Okay, plus his um, him and his friend do like this slingshot move. They they're fucking up people's cars all over the place. So it's absolutely not unreasonable, I think, at this point in the movie because we've set the moral bar, I guess, for our main characters. That this isn't. I don't. I don't think this is a request that's out of the ordinary. No, that's a great point. I, and I'll just point out that I, I, that even though crashes are, I think, why everyone does watch NASCAR, it is <laughs> not the point of NASCAR. Like you're not supposed to make contact with another car. Is my understanding of the rules? Yes. Right. So, uh, so what they're doing the whole time is shitty, dirty racing. Um. Yeah, so yeah, you can't. And these are our main characters. Like, these are our heroes. It's like, look how good these guys are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure the movie says, look how good these guys are. Uh, but yeah, we're supposed to be rooting for them. And, and at that point, uh, Ricky Bobby is on another team. Uh, John C. Riley and Sasha Baron Cohen's characters uh, are on the same team and are against Ricky Bobby at that point. If they were all on the same team, that would be a different, that would be a different story. Exactly. So all they're asking him to do is what he's been doing for Ricky Bobby the whole time. Yeah. They're like, hey, do your usual job. Also, uh, take this guy out because he is a menace to every other car (laughs) on the track. He, He is. This is a guy who, who had a Fig Newton logo put over his windshield. Do the branding in this uh, fucking kills me. I it's uh it's one of my favorite parts because it is the part of the movie where you're like, okay, they are really making fun of this group of people. Like we're going all in. We know what some of the problems are and how ridiculous it is to have Wonder Bread fucking plastered all over a car. Why? <laughs> Why America? Why is this happening? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Fig Newton is a hilarious brand reference. I don't know why that cracked me up so much, but just like, <laughs> I, I can't see some Fig Newtons. I can't see shit, but I love some Fig Newtons. Oh God. It's so good. Um, the His other branding has gotten out of control. It's like insane. If, if I, well, I mean, that is NASCAR. Like everybody has cars plastered in decal, decal. I can't say that word. I never know decal. if it's supposed to be decal or decal. And then I like, <laughs> no, halfway I don't know. through. Stickers. You know when somebody Stickers. says a word too much and then you're like, <laughs> I knew before you started talking and then you said it too many times and now I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah, say stickers from here. Stickers of all these brands, all of the cars. But yeah, it's. Uh, oh, God. You know what our cities are always bad for? I, I find that the uh, our major um, stadiums change names so fast that I'm like, is it the Scotia Scotia Bank place? Is it is it like you know the Air Canada Center? Like you know what oh, I mean? Oh, the like, Air Canada Center became the Scotia Bank place. Yeah, and there and there's like there was Skydome one became the Rogers Center, and yeah, I don't know. I'm like, what does it? You know what I mean? I don't go to Scotia Bank place and think, oh yeah, I should probably bank with Scotia. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> uh, like I get like even if you own, but if you own it, just change it to like. If I owned a stadium, I'd call it stadium. (laughs) (laughs) And that, Rebecca, is why you will never own a stadium. (laughs) 
I guess it's I guess it's just that like if you own the stadium, it's then any time a team plays there, mm-hmm. the TV broadcasts are saying at Scotiabank Arena or whatever it is. So it, that's you immediately get advertisement for that. And I like, suppose it drives as, me crazy though. <laughs> as much as as we, I think we would both like to believe that we are not susceptible to that. I think we absolutely are. Like, like, I think both you and I are like, oh, well, you know, it's pretty hard to pull one over on me. You're not just going to be like, bank at Scotiabank. <laughs> and we'll be like, yes, bank. We're like, fuck you. I'm not going to listen. But if you're looking to switch banks, you're going to be like, oh, maybe, maybe I should check that out after the hockey game. I think I, <laughs> it's insidious. I hate it. But I think it's it works. But yeah. I will say, after watching this movie, I did want Fig Newtons. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck who, me, I do love some Fig Newtons." Who, it's like that little, it's the chewy little pastry, like the, mm-hmm, the date mm-hmm. in the middle. It's great. Um, it's like a junior I mean, mint. Who would turn one down? I love Absolutely. a good junior mint. Are you a junior mint person? I love a junior mint. Yeah, it's like small dose things. Like you can't. I love that they put that little tab on the box because you like can close it up and have a little bit later, you know? Were we both hungry when we started recording this? I think it's just sugar is what we want. About yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> back to the thing you're here for. And the whimsical talks about Fig Newtons. <laughs> Junior Mints for some reason. Anyway, um, this this episode of the film was right. Brought to you by Fig Newtons with Junior Mints shoved in it. <laughs> it's week I don't know of quarantine, and Rebecca and I have stopped giving a fuck about what we put in our mouths. Yeah, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that ship had sailed a few weeks ago, my friend. <laughs> I love that the French guy's branding is Perrier. It's yeah, that was so... a nice subtle detail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, subtle? Subtle is a Mack truck. <laughs> <laughs> every one of the references, he's like, I love, honestly, every movie and TV show I watch of uh, Americans describing French people is just, it's my it, it's my happy place. It's my joyful place. because I, I just, wanted to ask you about this. Because I just sit on the couch. I saved this movie to watch it with my boyfriend. Oh, um, thank God. And, and I just sit on the couch and I just look over at him and I just keep smiling every time they make a reference and raising my eyebrows because he's like, what the fuck is this? Yes. And I, I really did want to ask you about this because in my opinion, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's French accent is so bad. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. obviously intentionally over the top, but also it's really, really bad. Even I think within that, which is, I think is one thing I really did not like about this movie to begin with, where it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm very lukewarm on Sasha Baron Cohen is what I realized, mm. but watching this with your partner, he is from France. Yes. <laughs> so what was, what was his takes on it? Well, he already, okay, this is kind of a funny little thing, but he, uh, the first time he ever watched this movie, he was working in Australia for this chef that, like, loved this movie. So he would always say shake and bake, right? He'd always be like, shake and bake, baby, shake and bake. <laughs> and uh, everyone would always be like, "What? what is that? I don't understand what shake and bake is. And it would kill this chef every time he would say it because in the movie, 
the French character doesn't understand what shake and bake is. So he's like, what is this shake and bake? What is this? So every time he would say that to him, he'd lose his fucking mind. Um, but I th- he loves the movie. He thinks it's hilarious. I think, honestly, I don't, it depends, obviously it depends on the type of accent and who you're portraying and all this kind of stuff, right? But I don't, I think it's bad with intention to be bad. It's like, look how, it, this isn't a real person. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's it's so over the top. We're every everything every reference we're making, everything we're saying is so over the top. So you know we're wrong. Yeah, it's a uh, it's uh this isn't what we think French people are. This is what Americans think. Yeah, this is like French. through this the is scope like, of ignorance. Yeah. This is what we're watching. Do I agree with all the jokes? No. Some of them. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, we're really leaning into the homophobia here. Um, I don't know why he keeps trying to kiss Will Ferrell. It's, uh, that's kind of a weird tone for me. I was like, I don't know. I could have done without that, I think. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe there's some French people out there that are like super fucking offended. And they're like, this is ridiculous. But me watching it, I'm like, oh, it's just, it's, it's supposed to be seen as uh, an ignorant point of view. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I was just, because like the whole time through, I was just like, Jesus, I hope you watch this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking One. the macchiato and his... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. some of it is fucking, some of it is is kind of like, it's over the top, but it's also like, some of it's like really funny to me because it's kind of accurate. Like, like my boyfriend drink an endless amount of coffee, like a, a ridiculous, superhuman amount of coffee. Okay, and I just think, so every time I see that little seed of him drinking macchiatos in the car, I'm like, yeah, that you know what, that checks out, actually. I'm yeah. gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I did love, uh, and this happens in the bar when they first sort of meet, and they each list like three things that their country is uh, great at. Uh, I think he's like, uh, you, you've done nothing, you've contributed nothing to the world but George Bush, Cheerios, and Thigh Master. And they're like, <laughs> Which is a fucking great uh, dig, actually, and uh, and then they're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, what? Why did French bring?" He's like, "We are the birthplace of democracy, existentialism, and the menage a trois." <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "You know what? Those are all great things." <laughs> Those are all great things. He's like, "Well, one of them's pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. I also love that uh, uh, Jean's, um, they, they say that his uh, pit leader, his pit crew leader is the 1993 Nobel Prize winner in physics. It's yes. such a throwaway joke. <laughs> like he's sitting, I was just like, oh, you're the best. Like you're, you're the best at what you do. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? I, um, I think he was the perfect character for it uh, in the sense of like, um, he has the physique of like a Formula One driver. You know, have you seen these guys? Because uh, driving Formula One is actually really exhausting. It's like yeah, a, I believe it. It's a physical marathon. These guys are super fit, so it made a lot of sense to me to bring in a guy that like looks slender, like looks like somebody that would drive one of those cars. Which is like so I'm sure they didn't base it on that at all. <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> like, I think Sasha Baron Cohen was coming off of Borat. They were like, "Let's get him with Will Ferrell." I think that was. Uh, I've literally never watched Borat. It is. 
uncomfortable. <laughs> That's what I think. Because <laughs> I'm one of those people and, oh my God, this is so, like, I, I hate this about myself and I think I get it from my mom. But if something, it, it, that cringe comedy, yep. that like, oh, everyone's uncomfortable, I'll watch it, but I physically turn the volume down. <laughs> like I, I will put it down a little bit. Like I hear it less, so it's less bad to me. And then I'll turn it back up when it gets better. And that is why I haven't watched that movie because I'm like, I feel like that whole movie is that. It's all and it's I, all secondhand embarrassment. It's and I just I can't. I don't have. I'm going deaf. Like I don't have the hearing for it anymore. You know what I mean? I can't turn it down low enough and still be able to <laughs> to, to gather what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, um, that and like for I, I have the exact same thing because I, I everybody comics I respect and, and love very much. They're like Curb Your Enthusiasm is the greatest comedy show ever made. And I have tried to watch it and I just cannot. It is like nails on a chalkboard to me. I am so uncomfortable because it's so <laughs> socially awkward. Uh, so I've seen Borat, I've seen Sa- and I think Sasha Baron Cohen can be pretty good in certain aspects. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all the it's that feeling all the way through it where you're just like, oh stop, stop, please, just oh, this is so uncomfortable. Yeah. So you know, we actually and I uh, I would like to talk about a third villain. Ooh. Um, I didn't I didn't peg a third villain. You didn't peg a third villain? You don't think his dad's a bad guy? <laughs> oh, I guess <laughs> Yeah, he's not the best. <laughs> I do think he maintains villain status throughout this. I just think he's not defensible. No, I don't think he is either. I think well, and I think Ricky Bobby's character arc, as much as there is one, is uh him coming to terms with the fact that his dad is kind of shitty and that the advice that he gave him as a kid, uh, that he's lived his entire life by is is bad advice. That's honestly one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he goes, uh, when he talks to his, he's like, I've lived my whole life by your motto. If you're not first, you're last. And he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. There's lots of other places. There's second, there's third. (laughs) Fourth, even fifth. It fucking kills me because it's just like, I just love the concept of like, I was high. Like, how could you base everything off of one sentence that I've said, which I actually think is one and probably one of the only ones, one great lesson in this movie is that you shouldn't take one sentence and live your whole life by it. Yes. Especially when it's said by a person that left immediately afterwards. Yeah. He's like, what, that? Oh, I was high as hell. I don't know what I was saying. Like, But it's one of those things where it's like, um, there's there's this form of advice where it sounds really good when you first hear it. And you're like, yeah. And then as soon as you think about it, it's the dumbest fucking thing in the world. Which I is think we talked about advice that's one sentence. I think yeah, we could yeah. <laughs> <laughs> advice without subtlety or nuance. Yeah, that's uh that's uh Stay well I away think we from talk- blanketing statements, I guess is what we're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh like respect the hustle. Uh, man, sometimes just get uh, f- you need twelve hours of sleep. Or eight hours. You know what I mean? Don't don't be I, don't be out all night hustling as that like that's the only quality that you need. How about a good sleep and a good relationship with your friends and family? How about that? Huh? Oh, how about yeah, those ba- how about balance and nuance? I don't know. Drive me crazy. And you see those ones for like motivation, 
where they're like, if it, like there's one video of this guy and he's, he's giving this speech about like how if you don't want success, like you have to be able to like, uh, you got to wake up every day with the one thing in your mind. Okay, uh, you want you got to want success more than you want to breathe. And he goes on this like five minute thing about how he goes to the beach every day. It, it's just like it's um, th- this concept of like you have to wake up at 5 a.m. And you have to like you, you have to piss excellence, I guess, is what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's insane, man. No human being can live like this, live with the mentality of like if you're not first, you're last. It's like that's a. That's an impossible motivation, and you will only ever be constantly disappointed. That's I'm so yes. I was gonna say that exactly. This gets a little serious, but like the <laughs> the only thing that sort of thing does is demotivate people, right? Like, it's, yeah, it makes you feel like you're not enough. It makes exactly. you feel like like when you read these these articles about these CEOs that wake up at five a.m. and do an hour of meditation, it's like, well, yeah, of course, because they can. Because they have probably somebody making them breakfast while they're doing that. They have somebody laying out their iron paper for some reason. You know what I mean? Like shit like that where it's just like, yeah, you can't do that because you're a normal fucking person. You got other shit (laughs) going on. You know what I mean? Your cat puked on the carpet. You got other things to do, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, personally, I'll I'll put this because I read some self-help stuff and like, you know, stuff about trying to form good habits and all the rest. And I think there, there is some good advice in there. But a lot of stuff I always read was like, um... So obviously you're motivated and here's how you're going to uh, become the best human being you possibly can. And I was like, oh, you've already lost me because, <laughs> <laughs> because that, that's my problem. I, I am not motivated to do this. I am reading this because I would like to somehow figure out how to get motivated so I can accomplish more things. So I would love for a self-help book that's just like, so you're not motivated. So you don't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> like, you know, like actual motivation and stuff for the average person. Just being like, you just want to lay down and eat uh, fucking junior mint stuffed into Fig Newtons all day. <laughs> well, let's set the bar slightly higher than that. <laughs> yeah. Step one, get out of bed. <laughs> that's what I want. Done. Chapter Done. one, how to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I would I would pay money for that book. And I might write it if I ever get <laughs> off my ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. You ever notice that all of these, like, motivational... Because I know a few of these people. And generally speaking, anybody I know that is, like, a motivational speaker or somebody that's, like, this self-help whatever, um, they're all the saddest people I've ever met. It's like they're constantly just project... They're like, this is this is how you obtain success. And it's like... You're so sad, though. You probably shouldn't tell people yeah. what to do. <laughs> well, and that's the that's again. This gets very serious and dark. Oh God! But like, uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. But I, I honestly do believe, and I've seen this in my peers and things like that. There are people that I started comedy with who accomplished a lot of things very quickly, and I very much was envious of them. And then realized that they are not happy with every, any accomplishment they have made, whereas I thought. Oh man, I'd be so happy if I got that award or that festival or something like that. And the people who did it got it were not happy. And I was like, were they more motivated than me to go get it? Yes, absolutely they were. But motivation and uh, satisfaction are kind of opposites of each other. 
Like if you're just happy with your life, you're not going to want, you're not going to push yourself too hard to get more. And if you are constantly pushing yourself to get more, you're not going to be that happy. Again, that gets really dark and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, who, who would have thought that Talladega Night, the ballad of Ricky Bobby, was going to be the podcast episode that brought out Craig and Rebecca's real deep existential thoughts on success and motivation? Oh, Jesus Christ. Please head over to our Patreon where we talk about Bojack Horseman. It's... It for sure is in no way dark or depressing. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Oh, so <laughs> anything else you wanted to say about uh, the villains in Talladega Nights? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I would like to talk briefly about the scene where Ricky Bobby believes he's paralyzed. Because that's... <laughs> That is in, I believe that is the essence of his character, okay? That scene really just shows who he is and what he is and what he's out here doing, which is just, I'm ignorant and I'm destructive, and yeah. this is this is it. <laughs> There's no convincing me of things that, uh, other than what I believe. If I believe that I am paralyzed, I'm going to be paralyzed. Yeah, I also believe that um, his his best friend is supposed to be the like the ma- I'm going to call him the Magic Man because I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Magic Man, he is uh, he does cross over to villain territory um, th- throughout this movie, and why I think he's defensible because what happens essentially is that he leaves he, he, uh, he Ricky Bobby's wife leaves him immediately. And then yeah, goes it's like to three a, hours, three hours. <laughs> and it's like, he's I'm getting fired the- from the team and John C. Riley's moved into his house. It's hilarious. Yeah. He's like, I'm with the magic man now. Why I think this character is defensible is because he absolutely has no idea what he's done. He has no clue. He has blindly followed everyone in his life since he was born. I'm going to believe. Okay. He just follows, follows, follows. And I think one of my one of my favorite jokes throughout this movie is that he never understands they're not best friends still. <laughs> like he's calling about how to run the stereo in his house. Yeah, like, he's like, uh, you're but you're coming to my wedding, like you're gonna get over this in uh, a couple hours. <laughs> you're gonna be my best man. Like there's gonna be a nacho fountain at my wedding. You're gonna yeah. be there. Don't worry about it. And that's why I think he's defensive, because I think if you have that best friend, you know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> he's the harmless idiot is what yes. it is. He's the, he's the naive idiot. who's going to go along with anything. Whereas Ricky Bobby is the destructive idiot with, he's the bad influence. Exactly. Like this guy's just kind of bobbed around doing what he's told. And I love his explanation. Listen, she just, she grabbed my crotch and it was like a, it's like a <laughs> tractor beam of hotness. Like what are you going to do? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's pretty much, that's, that's what all of, uh, this is what these two characters have experienced. And I don't think he's a bad guy for it. No, I don't, I don't think so either. And, and 
he was wronged in many ways too. Like uh, Ricky Bobby doesn't want him. It is like, I'm never going to let you win first. Like we're never going to do the slingshot where I slingshot you into first place because then I lose. So Ricky Bobby's not willing to give up anything to maintain that friendship, which is again, very deep and asking a lot from the idiots in this movie. But like, (laughs) yeah, not the purpose of this film probably to be criticized in the way we are. (laughs) But you understand that John C. Riley just wants a chance to win because he's a good friend and does everything for his friend. But then at the same time is a huge idiot. Yeah. I fuck again. And watching those two, I think they're some of the best screen chemistry. Uh, like John C. Riley and Will Ferrell just having fun together. Like that scene where they're, where he's praying to Jesus. He's like, dear baby Jesus. And John C. Riley is just like, mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a small thing, but it's just like, thank you for my smoking hot wife. And he's like, mm. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> <laughs> such, it's like, it's so fun to watch two uh, actors and, and performers like that just obviously having fun doing what they do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that covers it for me. I've got... Yeah. Uh, I got one I, more thing, which is a okay. very con- controversial, and I, I can't Ooh. believe I'm going to end this on this. Uh, so the soundtrack to this movie, one of the final races, they, have, uh, they play Space Lord by Monster Magnet. <laughs> And I'm going to fucking call it, if you don't remember that song, that song fucking bangs. I know they were a one-hit wonder, but that's a good fucking song. I heard it, and I was immediately happy I heard that song. Is it a ridiculous over-the-top song? Yes, it is. <coughs> but but go listen to Space Lord by Monster Magnet and tell me that you do not want to just run around and have a lot of fun. I, that's, that's my last thought on Talladega Nights. <laughs> you want to be motivated. <laughs> You want to get up at 5 a.m. and meditate? You listen to Space Love by Monster Man. <laughs> That'll get the juices going. Ridiculous end to a ridiculous movie. <laughs> oh, so ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's time for our, what do you think, our uh, rankings, definitive rankings of how good the villain is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this week, so I have a branding <laughs> ranking which I okay. believe is really on brand for this. Ma- ah, yeah, no, I'm going to kill did. myself. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, the bar is low for comedy. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say from a um, Axe body spray flag in a frat house to, yeah. uh, to launching a car into space, I'm going to give this uh, th- these villains a tattooing uh, Chipotle on your forehead. Um, if it is within your rights, even if it's within bad taste. <laughs> there we go. Fantastic. Uh, so I'm obviously doing uh, Jean Girard as the villain. Uh, so I did the big city bad driving scale. So if you've ever driven in a big city, uh, you know that these are people. Uh, so fr- <laughs> on a scale of going 90 in the left-hand lane and just, just fucking slowing everybody down uh, to uh, BMW tailgating an ambulance up the shoulder to get ahead of traffic. I've, you've seen that. Uh, I'm going to give him um, an out-of-state license plate that slows down to let you merge because clearly they're not from around here 
and that's not how we do things. But you can't argue that they're pretty decent people. <laughs> hey. So that's my <laughs> sale for him. Um, and before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, where we describe people who have inspired or disappointed us in our personal lives, there's a couple ways you can help the podcast. Um, so if you're on social media, uh, give us a shout. Uh, VWR Podcast on Twitter. Uh, villain was right on Facebook. If you have any sort of suggestions uh, for movies or, you know, compliments, because, hey, we like compliments, uh, you can hit us up at uh, villainwasright at gmail.com uh, and we'll try and uh, get back to you. We do take audience suggestions. Uh, this uh, episode today was uh, an audience suggestion, which uh, our patrons voted on. Uh, so we do uh, do your suggestions. Uh, so uh, please send them in. And as also. Yes, of course. And with the mention of Patreon, you can hit us up on Patreon if you're looking for bonus content, uh, voting rights, things of that nature. Uh, I, I Hit us up there. Yeah, uh, we've got many tiers. It helps us pay for production costs and things of that nature. Uh, if you're already a Patreon, we love you so much. Thank you for doing that. If you're not, uh, don't worry about it. Thank you for listening. We love you t- uh, just as much. We love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. And telling and your friends about us and all the rest. Yeah, yeah, you're the, you guys are the best. And now it is time for our heroes or villains of the week. Craig, you're starting it off this week. What's up? Yeah, so I've got, uh, I'm switching up a little. I've got both a hero and a villain uh, uh, this week because they're both kind of small. I'm going to start with my villain, which is the show Hollywood on Netflix. And my apologies if you also listen to I Hate It, But I Love It because you probably heard Kat talk about this. (laughs) Oh, so it's a big hate. We got a big hate on in the house. This is so bad. Okay, so it's kind of a revisionist Um, history of 1950s Hollywood, right? Where it's like, what if, you know, this happened? And it starts off with our main character, um, a struggling actor, and he gets a job at a gas station, and it turns out that that is, uh, the gas station also does sex work. So he becomes a, a, a sex worker. And as I'm watching the pilot, I'm kind of like, huh, this show did not do a very good job of interrogating what his thought process was or his moral conflict about... Uh, abandoning his dream of becoming a an actor and becoming uh, a sex worker. And that turned out to be my least criticism of the show. <laughs> it gets so much worse after that, to the point where after we watched the whole thing, uh, I was just standing looking out the window and Kat was like, what's up? And I was just like, I just cannot get over how bad it is. I'm still thinking about how terrible this show is. Because it is paced horribly. It is written horribly. There's literally a scene in one of the later episodes where in one episode, it, these scenes are back to back. We discover that two characters uh, have romantic feelings for each other. Uh, they go to the Oscars. He asks her to marry him. This is like the next scene after they got together. Then... They cut to a funeral where a main character has died and it's not the main character that they've told you is sick. It's just another main character who died. Like, it is so ridiculously paced. And it's... The other thing I hate about this show is that it is so heavy-handed. It deals with... it, And rightfully so, it deals with racism, it deals with homophobia, it deals with sexism, misogyny, all these like kind of heavy topics. But they do it such a disservice by not treating any of these problems properly. Like people overcome them without any struggle and that somehow 
that doesn't somehow it does uh diminish the accomplishments of the people who actually overcame that you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there is there's a scene where uh and i picked the least objectionable one so i'm not gonna like <laughs> sound terrible but there's a scene where um this woman is like I'm tired of being a housewife. I want to run the movie studio. And the husband goes, okay. And then he dies. Like it's what? <laughs> like that's how little, uh, conf- like conflict there or trouble she has to overcome. It's just like women deserve the right to run movie studios. And her sexist husband is just like, you know what? You're right. You run the movie studio now. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, thank God women had to struggle for 20 years to, you know, to, to get their foot in the door in the movie industry. It can be solved in the fifties if you just say something nice. So it's, it is absolutely one of the worst shows I have ever seen. It is comically bad. I can't even recommend that you watch it. Um, so that's my villain, but I did want to end on a, a bit of a more positive note. Cause I know you're probably looking for things to kind of occupy your time. So this is my hero of the week. And I cannot recommend this enough. Um, it is a show called Taskmaster. Um, it is a, a panel show from the UK. And the premise is basically five comedians and they are given certain tasks that they need to complete and they compete with each other for points. And it seems like such a simple premise, but it is honestly one of the most hilarious, one of the most addicting, one of the most fulfilling and joyful shows uh, I have ever seen. We're racing through them. Um, it is so fun and fantastic. And here's the best part. Like the first five seasons of this show are on YouTube. Just for free. Don't have to download them. Don't have to sign up for any streaming service. Just go and check it out. Check out the first season, that first episode. Um, I guarantee you'll be hooked please just check it out. It's a lot of fun and it's bringing me a, a lot of joy in this, uh, in this situation. So that's my hero and villain of the week. So there we go. I love UK panel shows. This is the, have you seen Taskmaster? No, I haven't. I'm going to check, check it out. Though, absolutely. I, check it out. I love those. Um, so mine, I don't know. Hero villain, definitely a villain, but really funny to watch, I guess for my story <laughs> this week. I, I don't know what reminded me of the story. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. We've just been, like, talking about various things this week. And um, remind me of this this one time uh, I went to a uh, – my boyfriend and I went to a uh, bed and breakfast. We were like, oh, you know what would be fun? Um, this was a few years ago. We were like, oh, you know what would be fun if we went to, like, a little town, went to a bed and breakfast, went on some walks, like, um, did some hiking, some fun sure. stuff like that. Yeah. Just hang out, whatever, right? Um, so we go to the small town in Ontario and, um, we go to like one of these like classic, pub, one of my favorite types of pubs that are in the cellar, you know what I mean? When you go down and you only have those little half windows and it's all like dark and cozy and there's a little fire on and it's, uh, you know, you try not to think about the last time they cleaned the beer taps. Like you just, yeah, you have a nice time, right? Um, so we're down in one of those and we're right by the window and it's beautiful. It's like, uh, it's like minus 10 out. It's, it's, uh. It's cold, but it's snowing a bit. We're right beside this river. It's beautiful. And I'm just enjoying a beer. I'm having a wonderful moment, right? And then out of the corner of my eye, I see something bobbing in the river. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my God, is that like an animal? Like, like what is it? Because it's way too cold for something to be in the water bobbing around, right? Um, 
And I'm like, is that an animal? What is it? And then I see that it's a, like, it's a, it's a person, like it's an adult person in this river and his head's bobbing in it. I'm like, and my first thought is, is, oh my God, that guy is fucking drowning or something. Cause like, why yeah. else would you be in the river right now? So I'm like, so I kind of stand, I'm like, oh my God, like I stand up and I'm trying to think about how fast I can get outside, but I'm like, to get outside, I have to like run out and like run past four buildings, go around this other building to get to this. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to save this. I'm going to watch somebody fucking drown right now. Like I'm having a panic attack. And that's when I see <laughs> two cops running on either side of the river. <laughs> They're trying to catch this guy. This guy is trying to get away. <laughs> So I don't know. I have no idea what this man has done. But now, with a beer in my hand, I am watching the world's best police chase I've ever seen in my entire life. So this guy starts on one side of the river. So he's bobbing on to the other side. And they keep trying to chase. So there's these two cops, and they keep trying to get him on either side, right? And there's a little bridge that's like, whatever, 15 feet down. I don't know why he wouldn't get further away from the bridge. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So they just keep running on either side trying to capture this guy. Eventually, he gets out of the water, and he manages to climb up this little cliff that's right beside the river. And now they're chasing him around this cliff, okay? And then (laughs) he jumps, gets back into the water, goes to the other side, okay, disappears for like Five, ten minutes, we don't see this guy. And I'm sitting, and we're having, we're laughing. We're like, this is absolutely insane to see this man trying to escape. And I swear to God, like ten minutes later, we see him on the other side of the river getting arrested. (laughs) They had managed to corner this man. But I just honestly, the entire time I watched this, you, you, you don't know what to, it was like there was zany music playing in my head. The entire yeah, time. wacky sax like, or whatever. I have never gone from pure terror to pure delight so fast in my entire life. I thought this man was drowning. And then I just got to watch this guy get chased around for 10 minutes by cops. So clearly on meth. Uh, I, I I have no idea what what was going on. He must have been fucking freezing, though. He must have been no. freezing. I don't know if this story is better or worse with a backstory. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, just such yeah. a. <laughs> I have no idea. I looked. At, there was nothing in the paper about it. I was trying oh, to. I God. literally looked up that small town's local paper to see if I could find out why that man got arrested. <laughs> Isn't it insane that the the most crazy thing that you've ever seen is not noteworthy in the news? Oh, yeah. No, I'll, I, I don't think anything I've ever said on this podcast has ever been in the news. <laughs> <laughs> and some of this shit is wild. <laughs> anyway, that was, uh, I don't know what reminded me of that story, but every time I think about it, there's just pure joy in my heart of this man. That's great. Desperately trying to escape. <laughs> You're right. He was. Pr- I don't know. Anyway, that was. Uh, it was a fun time. Highly recommend if you ever get the chance. Love it. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, that's been us from the villains. Right. Uh, where can people follow you, Craig? Yeah, you can follow me at uh, Craig Fake Comedy on Twitter and Facebook. Um, you can also check out uh, my YouTube channel. Um, just search for uh, Craig Fake on. Uh, on uh, YouTube there. Uh, I have a new video series uh, called Craig Fay Builds a Clock where I'm going to be uh, building a clock from scratch and I'm going to be exploring kind of the history and all the in- interesting science and stuff behind it. So episode one is out now. Uh, when this ep- uh, 
when this podcast uh, drops, uh, there should be episode two in a couple of weeks. So keep your eye out for that. Yeah, that's what I've been cool. looking And as usual, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads at anything of your choosing, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-R-E-E-D-S, Instagram, Twitter, hit me up on whatever. I try and answer all the messages I get. I'm sorry if I, it's not that I have an abundance of messages, just sometimes I put my phone down for a while, but I will get back to you. I appreciate all the messages you guys send me. I love all of you very much. Uh, guys, uh, uh, please check out uh, next week's episode. Uh, next Thursday, we are doing Parent Trap. Look out for this episode. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I think you guys are going to love it. And as always, this is us from The Villain Was Right reminding you that you love crepes. You love them. <laughs> The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com. <laughs>